0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today we are in Joshua 22, and before we get started, I wanted to let y'all know that the 2023 Volume 2 journals are now available on Amazon, so if you've been tracking along with, with the journal this year or on this plan from Genesis to Jesus, you know that coming up in the Book of Judges, the journal is about to run out of pages, so we will drop that link for both adults and Kids for Journey Jr., volume two, in the episode description. That all said, I am here in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, AC Bradley. Hey, y'all. AC, welcome. It's funny, we sit next to each other at work every day, but now we're across from each other at the podcast studio table. Oh, yeah. You love it.
1: I love it. <laughs>
0: AC, I'm going to let you share your story. How would you come to know the Lord? Fast forward, what's going on in your life today?
1: For sure. So I grew up in West Texas and grew up around the church and going to church and talking about the Bible. But all growing up, I had just found a love for sports, and I placed all my identity in sports and, quite frankly, just in my reputation and what people thought of me. And that bled into a lot of different sin patterns. And it wasn't until I was 16 years old when I had a teacher who shared the gospel with me explicitly. She saw this um, church girl life that I was trying to live and I was trying to grow in my biblical literacy, but she didn't see the love for the Lord and the joy that He gave me. And that was quite frankly because I just didn't have it. And so once she told me the gospel, it was like blinders were off my eyes. And I, for the first time, fully could understand that a life apart from the Lord was not going to satisfy me in the ways that I wanted satisfaction. And so I gave my life to Him shortly after, and my life changed overnight. I gave up a lot of friends, gave up a lot of. Weekend activities gave up a lot of sin patterns to follow Jesus, and um, that changed the trajectory of my life. And I then came to Dallas for college, and was just taught even more about God's love for me. Not too long after I'd come to Dallas, I got invited to come to Watermark, and was really skeptical at the size and was just skeptical of what I had heard. But the first Sunday that I came, I, was, I left bawling because I was so encouraged by hearing the genuineness of the teacher that day and the way that he was sharing um, and teaching the Bible. And I just knew that I wanted to be discipled in this church for this specific time in my life and jumped in and have seen God just do tremendously more than I can even think or imagine in my life and in my heart and in my prayer life. And it's been so sweet to um, get to walk through trials, knowing that the Lord has been the one giving me His promises and fulfilling His promises and being faithful to me, even when I have been faithless or when I have lacked the ability to Uh, Push through hard trials. He has been the one giving me strength and joy. And I'm just so grateful to follow him. I love,
0: love, love getting to be here. Amazing. It's awesome. And you're engaged now. I just got engaged.
1: Congrats. Thank you. Shout out
0: Cole. Shout out Cole Bennett. Yes. She's AC Bradley right now, but pretty soon. (laughs) We're going to have to change her name on this episode. I know. Well, I love it. I think we just jump right into the passage now. Does that sound good? Amazing. All right. Joshua 22,
1: what you got for us? So I have read this chapter many times, and truthfully, the first few times I read this chapter, I was seeing it through a perspective that I now realize is probably not the right perspective. What we're going to see in Joshua 22 is the Eastern tribes and Western tribes. And they are both um, planning their roots in um, their territory. But the Eastern tribe comes in, and they want to build an altar. And the Western tribe starts accusing them of um, betrayal to the Lord and rebellion. And so the first couple times I read this chapter, I was reading it through the lens of how dare the Eastern tribe build this altar? They know That the Lord has given them promises, and He has fulfilled promises, and He has shown Himself to be faithful. How dare they? But as I read the context of this chapter, what I realized is that the Eastern tribe was never out to try to build an altar out of rebellion, but they were actually trying to build an altar of witness. And they were trying to build this altar to remember so that the generations that are to come are remembering that the Lord has been faithful to his promises every step of the
0: way. And that's really interesting, A.C., because if we remember back to what we've read in Joshua so far, the eastern tribes made up of three groups, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And these were the people that said, hey, we want to make our plot of land outside of what God originally allotted to us. So they already kind of had a bad reputation because they were like, hey, we know God promised us this, but we're going to go over here. And so when they make this altar, the Western tribes, which is basically everybody else, the West, Israel, who's is where they're supposed to be-ish, is like, what What are they doing now? Like, what now? First they live over there, now they're building this altar. This can't be good.
1: 100%. And see, that was my perspective whenever I read it. And I, I honestly sympathized a lot with the Western tribes with their perspective of, kind of coming in with this accusatory attitude. But what I would have wanted to have challenged them is they should have asked the Eastern tribes before they acted in their mm. accusations. And that's something that they just had jumped to a conclusion. Proverbs eighteen thirteen reminds us that if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. And I think this was just an opportunity where the Western tribe could have come in and asked more questions before they just Accused. We also had to think back in Deuteronomy that there had been a commandment given. Deuteronomy 6, 4-7 through 7 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. These words I command to you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. So I have a lot of sympathy for the Western tribe. that They were really just trying to be faithful, and they did not want to have ungodliness in their land or rebellion. But, they did do it. They they did not ask before they acted. Yeah. They accused.
0: And it's, it's crazy also because the Eastern tribes built this altar in the Western group in Israel's territory. So they didn't even actually build it on their land that they'd chosen. They built it in Israel's space. Right. And it's crazy. The verse that stands out to me is uh, verse 12. When the people of Israel heard of it, the whole assembly of the people of Israel gathered at Shiloh to make war against them. And it's like they took Deuteronomy 6 so seriously that they were willing to start a civil war because they thought, oh, these Eastern tribes are worshiping other gods.
1: I think we do have to recognize kind of the end point of this chapter, which in Joshua twenty two twenty six 26, it explains that they were not building an altar for burnt offering or for sacrifice, but it was clearly to be a witness between them and for the generations after them. And I think Joshua 22, 24 helps us clear up what the motivation was for the Eastern tribes building this altar. Although they built the altar probably in a place that they should not have, they might not have used the most wisdom there. But it says in 24, no, but we did it from a fear that in in time to come your children might say to our children, what have you to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? And I just don't want to forget that they were not trying to do this out of rebellion. They were trying to do, do this out of remembrance mm-hmm. of God's faithfulness. Unity, even. And unity,
0: yeah. yeah. They wanted their kids to know the Lord and know the God of Israel. Mm-hmm.
1: So good. What's interesting, too, is that both of them have the same end goal, which is to be unified, honor the Lord, love Him more than anything else.
0: Yeah, worship Him alone.
1: Exactly but they were going about it in different ways. And what they needed to do is just have a sit-down conversation of, why are you building this altar? Is this altar necessary? And if it is, then move forward in
0: building the altar, but do it while you're on the same page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because once Phineas shows up and they talk about it, he says in 31, Today we know that the Lord is in our midst because you have not committed this breach of faith against the Lord. Now you have delivered the people of Israel from the hand of the Lord. So when when the guy shows up and they finally— talk about it. It's like, oh, we're all after the same goal, but they made an assumption. Right. As we wrap up, I think there's a challenge for all of us to think on is um, who in my life do I tend to draw conclusions about or assume things? Um, Most likely for the negative. We're, We're talking here about negative assumptions rather than positive. Where do I need to go have a conversation or who do I need to go have a conversation with? And then what's going on in my heart that's leading me to assume the worst about what those other believers are up to. Good things to think on. Uh, Maybe spend some time, if you're driving to work, driving in silence, sitting with the Lord, asking Him to search your heart. Uh, Don't forget to order a journal. You're going to run out of pages soon. AC, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together.